powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz, one of your regular hosts, and I am here on the show. Um, it's late. Cut me some slack on the technical issues that are inevitably coming, but it's all going to be made up for by my fantastic guests that I have today. Annie, welcome to Game Over Winnipeg. How are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm great, and I'm feeling much better now after, um, you know, quite the... The, the roller coaster, I'll say, that the Winnipeg Jets have taken me on over the last little bit. Um, <laughs> but I'm really happy to be here chatting with you this evening to talk a little bit about this 3-2 Winnipeg Jets win that we saw this evening. So, Annie, um, before we get started, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about you and why I brought you on the show today? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like you should answer that one. I'm still wondering the same thing. No, um... So I am a hockey, well, I guess the way you and I know each other is through TikTok and on hockey TikTok, but uh, I'm a content creator, uh, podcaster, host, what have you, uh, throughout uh, on hockey social media. So that's the place that we've been able to connect and finally collaborate and come together to talk about our respective teams. So yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, oh, I guess a little bit more. Um, I'm based in Southern California, grew up, uh, a lifelong Ducks fan. So usually that's what my content is based around, but it's, I pay attention to the entire league, especially this year when your hockey team is not doing too hot and you got to watch some competitive hockey elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris in the chat says, happy times in Tankland with a little duck emoji. And, and Audie from Game Over Calgary says, hello. Audie and I will have lots to discuss, I'm sure, between our teams having a battle of the mid right now. Uh, the Calgary Flames secured a nice regulation <laughs> <What's>, loss. <laughs> what's that Twitter meme? They're having a mid-off. Those girls, yeah. Which one's me? Which one's Audie? We're, <laughs> we could be either one in any given night. But uh, the Vegas Golden Knights... Um, secured a, a regulation win tonight over the Calgary Flames. So, um, But the National Predators also won. I finally went in on the score and turned on game notifications for Nashville, Seattle, and Calgary just because I need to keep an eye on this wildcard race and make sure that the Winnipeg Jets are still in contention up there. But they did what they had to do tonight and snuck out uh, two points against this Anaheim Ducks team. So um, Annie, like you said, is a Ducks fan. Um, so going into this game, I was really hoping in particular, to see a little bit of Winnipeg Jets' power play resurgence. So the Jets' power play has been rough, to say the least, in the last couple of games, last couple of weeks, all that good stuff. And I was thinking selfishly, hey, maybe we're going to see a team today that's not the greatest. And the power play definitely did it's not okay. figure it's out the okay. worst. You, <laughs> you don't have to sugarcoat anything around me. It's fine. But I um, know the team sucks. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... I saw some things that I liked from this Ducks team tonight, um, but at the same time, it was the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, this is a team that's at the bottom of this wacko Western Conference, um, and the Winnipeg Jets were able to capitalize it on it in a couple of ways. But uh, from your end, what are your kind of general thoughts on what you saw from this game tonight uh, from either side, from Jets' side or from the Ducks' side? 
you know, coming off that, I, I kind of knew it coming off that. I because I was at the, I was actually at the game, the Kings uh, Flames game earlier this week, and when the Flames were just absolutely spanked by the Kings, I'm like, oh, the Flames are gonna come back and you know absolutely spank the Ducks the next night, which they did. So I figured Dostal would be in net tonight, and I thought, despite those two goals that I'm sure he wishes he had back, uh, I thought he played really well, especially given how outshot that this team constantly puts their goaltenders in. Um, I thought the Ducks, for the most part, kept up with the Jets, despite the fact that every time they scored, you know, the Jets responded. Um, But it was very clear, you know, on which team was fighting for a playoff spot and which team uh, was just eliminated from from playoff contention earlier this week. And it kind of makes you think a little bit. And I know for... I've seen a lot of talk, you know, without... When you're coming into a rebuilding team, you know, you're really try to put these players together and figure out your identity. And I think in a rebuilding process, it's very hard to do that. And I think the ducks are still figuring that out and they may not figure it out until next year, but I really liked what I saw uh, today, despite the score. And plus, you know, losses lately, you're, you're aiming for that. You're aiming for 31 and 32 at this point in the league standings. So overall ducks fans are pretty happy with the result. And you know, you can't be too mad about the play on the ice either. I mean that cam Fowler goal. I mean, I think Chris was the one that said it, but he said it perfectly on Twitter. He said that puck had eyes and it, it truly did. You watch that shot go in slow motion and it just, you're just wondering like, how the hell does that, that's like a movie, you know, like a sports movie where they're showing like a goal go in and they have the camera like right on the ball of the puck. And you just kind of see the players like move, Moving out of the way and it somehow ends in the net or ends over the wall or something. That's what it reminded me of. Like just little things like that, that just kind of make this just disappointing season, just a little bit better. So overall, you know, over, we a wanted result with not too bad of a performance on the ice, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, especially I thought right off the bat, the Winnipeg Jets uh, were pretty good. Obviously, that there was a shift early on. I want to say it was the second or third shift of the game where the Jets uh, pulled off a full ozone change, and they had, I want to say, 90 seconds or, or more of full possession in the offensive zone, and that continued to be a little bit of a trend in that first period there. I thought that the Winnipeg Jets had decent possession and then um, didn't cave in the third period, which, I mean, the bar is on the ground, but it's nice that they didn't make us dig on that tonight. Uh, but I thought in the middle of the game, um, possession-wise as well, like I think... Um, there were a couple parts at the end of the first, you know, partway through the th- uh, the third and the second as well. Like, the Ducks had some really great possession that they were generating, especially at the end. Like, I thought there was some great energy from that team. Like, the crowd seemed super into it, even though it looked like it was a pretty empty arena and everything. Like, it just seemed like the team, I don't know. It's the kind of thing that, from an outside perspective, from a, a market who doesn't watch a ton of Ducks games, it feels a little bit encouraging in different ways. Like, just seeing the players out there, um, you know, banging pucks around at each other and coming up with these really fun, awesome chances that have me as a Jets fan on my couch screaming at my defenders and being like, are, are, are you kidding me right now? Um, but from a Ducks perspective, like, that's always what you're looking for. Definitely. And I think, you know, you kind of, especially now at this time, we're near the, I think there's 10 games left. For the Ducks, uh, for the rest of the season, you know, at this point, you're just kind of saying to yourself, okay, let's get the young guys, get guys, you know, some chances to see, you know, what maybe what we can build on going into next season. And, and um, you know, there's a lot to be excited about here, especially despite going into the draft with presumably, and fingers crossed, because you never know with that lottery, how that'll go, to, that's going to go. 
with a chance at a high pick, but there's just so much stacked young talent on this team and in this system and in, you know, the NCAA tournament that's happening right now where the future is very bright here. And the fact that, you know, I think the fans are starting, they've, not necessarily bought into the rebuild, I would say, but kind of well, not well, bought in probably, but kind of going along with the idea saying, okay, like, you know, this season sucked, but you know, you're going to have down years if you want to be a contender again. You look at the, all the teams that are competing and that are cup contenders now, and all of them have uh, f- top, you know, top draft picks. And that's, you know, this is a fan base for a lot of these fans. They have not been through a full rebuild because we had Bob Murray for 13 straight seasons where there really wasn't, there was never a rebuild. He never had to fully tear this down and because he was never willing to at that, but never willing to tear down the team and rebuild it back up from that point. So this is definitely some growing pains for not only the organization, but for the fans as well. But I think with exciting players like the Zegerses, the McTavishes, the Drysdales, Lukas Dostal, who's going to be an amazing goal uh, goaltender. He'll make uh, without a doubt. And he should, if I, if he's not on that starting roster come October, 2023, I will be very shocked and very disappointed because he's absolutely NHL ready, but there's a lot to be, Lot to be excited about, a lot to look forward to. Um, I did, didn't even mention Troy Terry, who I think is I, I could speak just absolute praises about all day long. But yeah, the future's bright. There's some exciting moments, despite you know what the stage of the franchise as as they're in now. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the one thing that I always say is uh, if you're the GM or the owner of a team, you want your fans to be excited. So if they're not excited about yeah. um, being a contender or being, you know, having the chance to win a competitive hockey game every single night, get them excited about the future and throw your young talent out there, which I definitely saw on full display tonight uh, with the um, with the Ducks and you know in particular, you know, at the end there where they pulled the goalie, which again with three or so minutes left is fantastic. They had lots of chances in the Winnipeg Jets. I was getting pretty scared there for a bit, but who's right out there, right in the mix? is Mason McTavish, right? Like you got some of these young guys up there that are going to be in that similar role for years to come, but it's great that they trust them and all that good stuff. But like you said, they're not quite there yet. So uh, obviously a couple of pains um, within this roster, just kind of the way that they execute in in a couple of different areas. I thought that the Winnipeg Jets were able to maintain possession a little bit better tonight uh, than they have been in a couple of um, previous you know, matchups I've seen against some stronger teams that are better at jumping on pucks or, you know, um, maintaining their own possession or, or creating those turnovers and all that good stuff. But um, tonight, one thing that the Winnipeg Jets have been struggling in, in my opinion, um, is just their ability to um, use all five men at five on five to create chances and not just create those initial chances, but uh, jump on those secondary chances as well. And I think in um, most of the goals you saw tonight, I should have thought this through before I said it, at least the Cal Connor goal um, and the Mason up. Yes, all three goals tonight uh, came from proper net driving and crashing the net and being able to capitalize on any form of rebound or extra uncontrolled puck that came out of that. So uh, did you have any thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets goals that you saw tonight? And what did you think of any of the three? Take your pick um well that's when you talk about like crashing the net it kind of i mean you're talking to a ducks fan here where a fan favorite Corey perry he was known for that and it's just you know it's one of those things where you're like it doesn't yeah the pretty goals are nice but it doesn't have to be pretty just has to go in so crashing the net is absolutely a a vital i don't even know where i was going with that at that point but no i honestly on the ducks broadcast which i'm sure you were watching the winnipeg broadcast but the ducks broadcast they brought up that kyle connor had gone 11 games without scoring a goal which was you know the last time the ducks and the jets faced off he had a hat trick that game so i was like uh 
he's gonna score tonight. Like that's just gonna happen. Of course, second goal. Was it second goal of the game or first? No, second goal. Second goal, yeah. He got right. Yeah. Or was it the first goal? No, it was the second one. Mason Appleton was first, then it was Connor, and then it was Laos. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I saw your your boy Pierre Luc Dubois got the got the apple on that one. Thank goodness. (laughs) I was like, oh, she's gonna talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, both of those freaking guys need to step their game up. Like the whole, like you said, eleven games. I'm sure that that's something that opposing broadcasts have been talking about for quite some time. Like, and even though he's been goalless in eleven games, he's probably had like four goals over the course of the last like freaking. 30 games like he hasn't been good in a while and so that drought was definitely something that was impacting him you could see it visibly on his face when he scored it was like thank goodness and Pierre-Luc Dubois being a major contributor to that goal was great as well because that's a player who's to, to me tonight he looked his best that he has since he returned from injury he's been back for maybe four or five games now and he's looked like crap uh but tonight I thought he looked okay do you have any thoughts on Pierre-Luc Dubois <laughs> and um, what you saw from him tonight I'm sorry, what was that? Sorry, I said, did you have any thoughts on um, Pierre-Luc Dubois' game tonight, or did you notice anything from that player? Um, I did keep an eye on him a little bit because I figured he would come up in conversation. No, I mean, like you said, when a player comes back from injury, it definitely takes a little bit of time to, you know, get their legs under them and get, you know, comfortable back, you know, with the pace of play and everything. I feel like a team like Anaheim's a pretty solid team to get that get that confidence back get that under especially when you're fighting for a playoff spot like this so i figured coming into this conversation you'd be pretty happy pretty content i know a goal was what you were asking for at least but i uh, i'd say getting a point on the board solid night for him absolutely and i think any night that i don't want to lose my mind he's easily one of the most like interesting players in the winnipeg jets night and night out because the last couple of games have been out of character for him because he hasn't been super impactful. That's the word I like to use for Pierre-Luc Dubois because he's very impactful. It's not always good. I'm not going to pretend it's always good, um, but right. he usually has a very strong presence in, in any game, and I thought that that came back a little bit tonight. He did his classic net drive, draw penalty at the end of the game there and all that good stuff. Not that the Winnipeg Jets need a power play or anything like that because it's not doing much for them lately, but, you know, nice <laughs> to see that little bit of resurgence there from him. Um, Absolutely. But um, before we move on to the next thing that I want to talk about, I'm just going to play a quick ad read. Guys, I haven't done a pre-recorded ad in a very long time, so I hope this works. And if it doesn't, then I'll just do a read later. It's late. That's what I'm going to blame it on. Not my technical incompetence. That's not what it is. That's not what it is. It's totally just that it's late. So I'll get this rolling, and then I'm going to ask Annie a follow-up question. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more. It's bananas. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds that you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario using the QR code that you see at the bottom of my screen or head to sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Okay, guys, it worked. It worked. I have the YouTube stream on my phone. I was like, please work. And it did. So anyways, we're all good. So that was an ad read from our friends at Sports Interaction. So Annie, (laughs) if you had to bet to finish up the season here who are the two teams in the western conference that you're taking in those two wild card spots like let's say that as it stands today the top three teams in each division will stay as they are and you have to choose between the winnipeg jets the calgary flames the seattle kraken and the Nashville predators what are your thoughts there I feel bad because I went on audio show and I said that I thought that the Flames would make the playoffs. But after what I've seen uh, this past week, because I was looking, you know, we were kind of looking at their schedule when I was on uh, 
game over Calgary. And I was like, you know, I could see, you know, this team has the capability to, you know, knock out the rest of this schedule, but especially what I saw against LA on Monday night and the little bit of the, of what I caught against Vegas tonight. I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Um, I think looking at it, I think I'm comfortable where they are now. Um, and I know that's a little scary to say because things always move and anything can happen. There's what some of these guys have. Well, anywhere between what eight, nine, nah, well, well, the win probably the like Jets nine and 12 games, games right? left. Like, I think nine and 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, math is hard, whatever. <laughs> nine, and 12, nine and 12 games left. Anything can happen there. And I think that's the biggest advantage that the Flames, uh, not the Flames, excuse me, the Predators have right now. Um, uh, I'm just, uh, I mean, I hope not. I think Nashville's such a boring team to watch. So I hope they don't make the playoffs. Oh, and and you 2017 never want a team that still sells. Stings. So true. 2018 is mine. I hate them. I think we were reunited on this. Oh my friend. God. I literally, I root for their demise every day. I want that window to just shut closed. Jeez. No, for real. And I um, hate it when teams who um, sell end up trickling into the playoffs because like you don't even want to be here like go away (laughs) you don't even want to be here ariana what are you doing here what are you doing here literally no that was me why are you here it was me with seattle winning the pacific division earlier on in the year i'm like ariana what are you doing here i was like this is so (laughs) weird but now they're back where they belong so that we knew that wasn't gonna last too like respectfully and like listen the the pacific is still pretty tight like i mean four points away from edmonton's not not terrible and they've got a game on hand with them but it's, seattle's a fun team though i was I, that's a team i definitely respectfully slept not respectfully slept on but i just slept on in general um i see the jets hanging on and for that one of those spot for one of those wild card spots I'm going to speak it into existence that Nashville doesn't. Uh, I need Calgary to get their stuff together, though, because I I want to I, I want to be right on Audie. I want to have some credibility with Audie in the game over Calgary crowd. Um, but. OK, I'm going to go Winnipeg and I'm going to swap them. I, I think Seattle's going to fall to that second spot, but Winnipeg will take that first one. Yeah, I think Winnipeg um, obviously doesn't have games in hand, so the points are a bit skewed right now. Uh, but strength of, strength of schedule is something that they have definitely in their advantage. Usually I complain about my team's schedule. I'm always like, oh, we have so many hard teams to play against while refusing to look at other teams and acknowledging that they also have hard teams to play against. But I can fully admit that right now the Winnipeg Jets have only one back-to-back left this season, and they have some easier teams lined up and all that good stuff. Like, for example, tonight they had Anaheim last game – or. Yeah, last game was Arizona. I'm my mental calendar is all over the place, but you know they have another. I think two more games against San Jose, and so they they have a couple of opportunities to really secure their bag, which is nice. Um, and they don't have um to do it in as short of a time span. They don't. They only have one back to back, so that means you know little things like they can play Connor Hellebuck a little bit more if they need to, and all that good stuff. So I do believe they they'll make their way into that playoff swap, but it doesn't seem like any of these four teams really wants it that bad. They're all just kind of hanging out. But uh, tonight, I really do think (laughs) I saw a little bit more from the Winnipeg Jets that I wanted to, just a little bit more. Um, I thought the the third line was really cooking. The Mason Appleton goal was obviously nice, and Adam Lowry was nice to see him get one as well. Uh, I just thought that the bottom six in general were were playing pretty hard and playing pretty heavy, which is always nice. They seem to be have a little bit more go 
uh, in them, which is always good. And it just needs to translate that into the top six guys who actually know how to score instead of forcing games to be won by goals from Mason Appleton and Adam Lowry. Um, but I think, you know, the fact that they didn't cave in the third period and the fact that they gave up a couple of goals they shouldn't have given up and were able to respond, little things like that were really encouraging for me tonight. So I feel, I feel okay about saying, I think this team makes it into a wild card spot. Doesn't sound very convincing, Definitely. does it? <laughs> it does. No, I mean, it's hard to say with the end of the season, you just never know what can happen and what teams can get hot. But like you said, all those kind of the, all those things that you saw tonight are things that make for good playoff teams. You know, you need your bottom six to be absolutely locked in for the playoffs. Cause those are, the, you know, you talk about, you know, depth is what takes you far. You know, you get those character bottom six guys that really step up and score those big goals. Doesn't have, to, like I said, doesn't have to be pretty goals. But they score big goals. But the fact that, you know, the ducks had the lead, we're up one, nothing. And then the jets tied it up. The ducks took the lead again, you know, no, it was, yeah, that, that was Frank Retrano scored the what was the order yes it was Ducks Fowler yeah yeah that's right you know just kind of responding each and every time and you want you know granted they weren't big you know big leads they had to catch up on but it was still you know you're down one goal you don't get down on it you just put your nose down you get physical which you know Winnipeg's a very physical team they're able to do that and get back on the board and those are all good things and good characteristics you want to see when you're getting down to the wire and go going into the playoffs so I if you're a Jets fan I would be very pleased despite I I say this knowing that the team you played against tonight is not playoff caliber but I would be very pleased with what you saw from your team tonight yeah absolutely and I think that it's the kind of thing where you know you could look at it from both ways because I agree and it's the kind of thing where you can't develop too much of a sense of self-confidence when it's you know that's not the caliber of competition you'll be seeing to close out the season or to start off the postseason if that's uh, where you end up but at the same time um, it's nice that they didn't walk into this game obviously results are extremely important to this team right now um, but it's nice when teams don't walk into an easier matchup quote-unquote on paper um, and expect it to be handed to them or expect that they don't have to play as hard because to me this team did play hard tonight um, and it um it, so it's good to know that they're you know willing to put in the work and all that good stuff um but speaking of putting in the work and players who I thought showed up tonight I want to talk a little bit about Dylan DeMello so for those of you who are regular listeners on the show you know that Dylan DeMello is one of my favorites and he was instrumental in that Mason Appleson goal to open up the game um I thought Dylan DeMello was a ton of fun tonight and he um is the type of player that I would make highlight reels of and show my kids that I coach in hockey if I were a hockey coach because I think he does so many of the little things right. You know, if he's racing for a puck, he'll do like an extra little hip check or, you know, joust for the puck first and then scoop it back and pass it around instead of just going and banging away at it or going and laying out the body when there's no proper positioning to, you know, generate any sense of turnover whatsoever, which I find is an area of weakness with some players in the Jets. But I thought Dylan DeMello was a good example of a couple of the things that the Jets did well tonight, which was being a little bit more creative and a little bit more strategic with the way that they are playing offensively. And I don't know if part of that comes from not playing against a team that's as strong. You know, I, I, I'm trying not to be ne- or not to be mean, but it's the same thing where it's like, I mean about my team, I can, can be mean be about my team. It's yeah. fine. I mean, mean. Chris, if that's you're still here, tell her she can be mean. Chris, <laughs> tell her she can be mean if you're still in the chat. <laughs> um, it's when it's when it's a weaker team that you're playing against, you have a little bit more time to make decisions. Um, so I thought that they had a little bit more time in the offensive zone, um, which helped to uh, lead to them having a little bit more 
um, you know, some stronger chances and all that good stuff. So I feel like offensively tonight, the Winnipeg Jets stepped up their game, um, which has been an area of weakness. And, um, you know, Jeff is in the chat saying that, um, speaking of tank, it was beyond empty for Blake Wheeler. Uh, definitely an area um, of weakness for the Jets tonight was Blake Wheeler. And I think that pretty much everyone in the top six outside of him really contributed to the offense tonight, which is something that we've been lacking. We haven't seen the entirety of the top six be good at the same time in quite some time. So I think that was a flash that I saw signs of that made me feel good. I was like, okay, this is encouraging. Um, but Blake Wheeler, man, oh man, I don't know. I always feel bad throwing people on the spot because when I, if you were to ask me like specifics about like each individual Ducks player, I'd be like, I was not watching them very closely because I'm always picking holes in my team. But any thoughts on Blake Wheeler tonight <laughs> and anything you saw from that guy? Uh, not much, honestly. Remember what was his, what's his streak? They they brought up his goalless oh, streak. More than Kyle Connors, 13, 14, 15, 16. I think it was like now, yeah, something like that. So I I did try to catch on, like, because they also mentioned because it was an interesting point was that Blake Wheeler's been what the lead, Jets' leading scorer what three at least three or four seasons. Oh yeah, totally. So like his when and it's kind of like same situation with Kyle Connor when you have those guys that are just such playmakers, such so impactful to your team when they go silent, like it's very noticeable. So when you have a guy like that, you know, not getting on the scoreboard, not contributing as much as he would like to, like it goes, you know, it's one of those things where it kind of goes, it's very noticeable, which is unfortunate if you're a player and you're like going through one of those struggle, you know, kind of rough patches there. But uh, from what I I paid attention, like you said, you're, I'm a little busy kind of watching, watching my players, but from what I could pick up from Blake Wheeler, because every time he was on the ice, I'm like, watch him break his score, (laughs) watch him break the scoreless streak also along with Kyle Connor. Um, you know, that kind of, I feel like, is he not to say, I don't want to be rude. (laughs) Be rude. When I was like, it's okay. it was like a regenerate like this wasn't like a kyle connor kind of thing where you could see like yo this dude just wants to get the monkey off of his back i kind of really didn't see that from blake wheeler no no i I think he's a player that wants it but doesn't have the resources anymore to work for i think that that player is old and i think that player has run out of steam i feel that he would be so much more useful in a little bit more of a sheltered role with lesser minutes I think he'd be more impactful if he was able to do that but that's not the case they will continue to roll him out in the top six until he retires or tells them to stop or something because it doesn't seem like anything will take him out of the top six um but you know I I think that he's a player that if you look at tonight there was a lot of good that came from this particularly the two points that's my favorite part of this game um but he was one area that was a little bit of a pain point for me so um hopefully as the Jets move forward throughout the season um you know what is it I think nine games are remaining now um they realize that players like Morgan Barron can play in a bit a little bit of a more uh, a more impactful role and players like Blake Wheeler can afford to sit back a little bit and whatnot but um you know only time will tell when it comes to Rick Bonus. so that kind of covers the gist of what I wanted to speak on on the Winnipeg Jets tonight um but I wanted to just talk a little bit more about the Ducks and about um, their power play because I was just curious if this is an area of strength uh, relative to some of their other areas of play, whether it's a penalty kill or five on five, because tonight I thought the Winnipeg Jets penalty kill um, looked a little bit more, um, there's a word I'm looking for, like they just looked a little bit more on edge and a little bit more like they were chasing than they normally do. Usually their PK looks 
pretty solid and I thought that tonight I actually was a little bit more worried than I was expecting to be against the Anaheim Ducks. It's funny because like the very beginning of the year, I think the first half, you would say like the Ducks were literally bottom of both. I think at one point they were 32 and maybe 31 at both both power play and penalty kill, but then I think it was after the all-star break where all of a sudden like just skyrocketed immediately. And of course it kind of evened out as it usually does. But like if you had just started watching the ducks, like immediately after the all-star break, like you would think this team was like a special teams, absolute phenom. Like it's they have. And even last year, despite the fact that I know obviously a lot of players are gone from last year, but even last year they were able to put up a solid positioning, even when they kind of came back down to earth and back to reality in the second half, good uh, on the penalty kill on the power play, uh, obviously netting a power play goal tonight was super nice. Uh, but at some point, literally at a lot of points in the first half of the season, like if they went on the penalty kill, they're like, just give them the goal. Like, let's just not even, not even bother with this. And even like shorthanded goals too. the, the ducks have given up so many shorthanded goals. It's been absolutely painful, but, but I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I think that pretty much sums up my thoughts on that entire situation here. It's so but, funny. No, I was pretty. It's, go for it. I think they're still actually in the bottom of the league in terms of I have not checked as far as rankings go, but I think they're still near the bottom of the standings for power for the power play. But I could be wrong. Let me check. That's that. okay. And you know what? I should have had those jets. stats up. I'm I'm I should have had those stats. I up. am so do. bad. My dad. I think my dad told me that the one Pidget's penalty kill was like second in the league tonight, and I was like, really? I didn't know that. I was like, I knew it was good, but I don't know. Um, but they're one. They're one oh yeah, the ducks. The ducks are second to last. Okay, yeah, yeah, they're still bad. <laughs> well, you know what? If it helps at all, I thought that there was some decent movement on there today, and I was like, wow, this is actually a scarier power play than I thought I was going to be seeing tonight. It's. It looked- it's I mean, that percentage. I mean, they're at sixteen point sixteen. That's definitely improved since uh, probably in the in twenty twenty three. That's what's you know <laughs> brought that up certain percentage because there is no way that that was that. It would have if they had continued playing the same way they did in the first half. There's no way that would still be the case. Chris in the chat the says that the Ducks' power play is usually way too stationary. Um, they would get the puck to Zegras and then just stand around. That was one thing I noticed tonight. It was so funny. Um, I think two or three times they did the player gets the puck, goes down the right wall, passes to the guy at the goal line who one times it to the guy in the slot. Like I feel like that's one of the most set power play plays that every team does now every time they start moving down you see the guy back up to behind the goal line i'm like i know what's coming we all know what's coming (laughs) um so maybe that that is that's interesting that uh chris calls it stationary because that's my issue with the jets power play and they're also big into um repeated set plays that uh, you can see coming from a mile away so um maybe it was just because i don't trust some of my bottom six forwards and even though they're they're good penalty killers i i get pretty you know, uneasy about it. And also, I think I just miss seeing a power play and thinking that there's a chance that a team could score because that's really not what it's been (laughs) on my end for the last little while. Um, (laughs) But so this was game one of the Winnipeg Jets road trip uh, into Calgary, Jeepers Creepers. My mind is all over the Western Conference right now. California, um, where uh, so they obviously were in Anaheim tonight, LA. They're having a matinee or I guess it's a 3 p.m. matinee, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's a 3 p.m. game Yeah, that's for us. 1 p.m. here. So, so, yeah, that's yeah. a matinee. Matinee on Saturday, um, and then they play a 9.30 Central start um, against San Jose 
um, on Tuesday, which sounds awful. So Brady's taking one for the team and taking that one. So that'll be lots of fun. Um, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, every game for the rest of the season is a big one for the Jets and is a big one for the Ducks, too, because the more losses, the better the odds are at Bedard. And even if it's yeah. not Bedard as an individual, there are a couple of really sharp young guys that are lining up to be in that top five, six, seven players in that draft. So yeah. exciting times ahead for a lot of teams. Um Mushy Middle is the worst place to be, and I would consider Purgatory. the yep. to be part of that uh, in a certain extent, but at least there is still a little bit of excitement that this team can make playoffs. My family put down our deposit on um, playoff tickets, which is always a ton of fun, so hopefully the Winnipeg Jets give us something to cheer about, and hopefully the Ducks give you something to cheer about over the course of the next couple of months. Uh, so thank you so much, <laughs> Annie, for joining me tonight. Uh, it's been a ton of fun. Uh, it's about 12.30 p.m. in Winnipeg, so for those of you who are in the chat live, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. For my Winnipeg locals, I'm sure many of you will be listening back to this tomorrow as opposed to live tonight, and I do not blame you in the slightest, um, but thank you so much for checking us out. As always, you You'll always catch us here after every game. Annie, you have been a fantastic guest. Before we sign off this evening, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and uh, what kind of content you're creating and what they can look for? Uh, you can find me on social media, any platform at Sweet Annie OD. It's a lot of uh, either rant videos or fun skits or just tweeting nonsense <laughs> into the Twitterverse uh, regarding sports. So, Mo- fun lighthearted sports stuff don't take it too seriously if just around to have a good time so that's pretty much that pretty much sums it up i would say excellent yeah and i agree yeah never never take it that seriously especially when you're out there throwing things into the void on, on twitter on tiktok and all that good stuff uh before we sign off tonight i just wanted to um share a quick comment obviously uh for those of us who pay attention to things going on outside of just our own individual markets would have obviously seen um the trend of some disappointing news continuing into the florida panthers and i believe toronto maple leafs game tonight um with the stall brothers coming out and using religion to kind of defend their views on certain things which we could talk about for quite some time um and i just wanted to quickly before we close the show let everyone know that at scpn and here on game over winnipeg and on any of our shows um this is always a safe space for anyone and that we love pride night we love any kind of night that is inclusive of all communities in hockey and we believe that diverse perspectives and um, diverse hockey fans are what make the game so fantastic Um, so my heart goes out to everyone who's disappointed by the news I know uh, I'm continually disappointed by these players um, you know and and saying these things and defending these actions and making um, hockey fans that are part of the LGBTQ plus community feel as though um, they are not welcome that they are not important to this fandom Uh, they are you are and you are so loved so thank you so much for being here love that Awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining this fine evening. Um, For those of you who are on YouTube, make sure you like the stream before you head out. And for those of you who are listening on Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, all that good stuff, uh, thank you for being here, and we will see you on Saturday after the next game. So take care, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.